Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. Welcome to our podcast. And this is Tuesday's version of Recovery Guy. And as you are likely aware, or if this is your first time uh, with us, we are walking through the steps every Tuesday. And today we are on step nine. It is amazing how quickly time goes. It just seems like yesterday that uh, we started uh, doing the steps. I did a, a podcast called Steps for Life, and my daughter Carol said, hey, Pops, why don't you just walk through the steps one at a time? So that's what we're doing every Tuesday. We're taking one step, just breaking it down for 25, 30 minutes, and then seeing how it applies to us. And then, of course, Friday's podcast is still committed to our topical discussions based on various aspects of recovery. If you know much about me, my background is 12-step recovery. I came into the program of uh, Gamblers Anonymous back in the latter part, November, December of 1985. And after trying Gamblers Anonymous, uh, it didn't work because I didn't work it, right? Plain and simple. Uh, I was fortunate enough not to die from my alcoholism and drug addiction, and I first came into treatment for my alcoholism and drug addiction back in uh, February of 1986, and my recovery date is April 25th of 1986. I owe everything that I am and have to a program of recovery, and I hope uh, you are finding that as way yourself. And, and it doesn't mean that the 12 steps are A-A-N-A-O-A-G-A-S-A. It doesn't really matter it, that, that the program is for everyone, but everyone has to start somewhere. So whether you're coming to a 12-step program after a time in another recovery program or or you are introduced to AA or NA or what have you, and then you migrate to another one, it really doesn't matter. What matters most of all is that you have, as it says, discovered a way of living that demands rigorous honesty, that you are able through a program, through some type of progressive treatment, where it be a social fellowship or, or a medical model that you get well one day at a time. Because we don't deserve to live the life that we decided to live when we allowed our addiction, uh, whether to a substance or a behavior, to take control of our life. And one by one, step by step, one day at a time, we have to walk through the process of going from sick to well, right? From broken 
to whole as one of my mottos. My main motto from broken to whole indicates that recovery, guys. So either way, we're glad you're here. Today is step nine, about halfway through. I've got some pretty exciting news uh, that we're going to be uh, uh, doing uh, here at Recovery Guy. Uh, but let's jump into the deep end of the pool and talk about step nine. Step nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So today's subtitle is called Direct Amends is More Than Sorry. Direct Amends is More Than Sorry, Step 9. Step 9, as you're likely aware, if you've done the steps in order, is the companion step to Step 8, right? Step 8 is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Some of us have been unnecessarily concerned with making a list, right? Uh, in, in Step 1, it's best to write down how unmanageable uh, our life had become and how powerless we were over our behavior or our substance. And then, you know, everything else is willingness. Step two, step three is willingness. They're not action steps. Step four is the first action step where we made a list. We, we, we did a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, right? And that is an action step. Many consider it to be the first action step. Step nine is also an action step along with step eight. But step eight is just making that list. Step nine is where the rubber hits the road, where we now have to take that list and do something about it. So like every step we take in our inventory, we, we need to understand, in my opinion, the goal. There's a practical guidance to it. The challenge is, because every step does come with its own challenges, and it's a realistic outcome. And, and I believe, you know, these are the things that are essential to the completion of the step. Understanding the goal of the step, the practical guidance or application, some of the challenges, again, we're going to come across, and then what is the realistic outcome, right? On... On page 84 of the 12 and 12 of Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and once again, if you need a 12 and 12, I need you to message me. I was able to send out another 12 and 12 the other day. One of my listeners contacted me and said, can you send me one? And, and really, that's all you need to do. Just give me an address, message me, DM me, what have you. Let me know where I can send it. And with Amazon, I can have it to you domestically. If, if you're in another country, uh, I can I can send you a Kindle or an audio book. Be happy to do that. Uh, if you're domestic United States um, in, in the lower 48 or including Hawaii or Alaska, message me, let me know. I'll just drop ship at Anna, uh, Amazon and you'll get that in probably two to three days through my Prime account. So I, I love this book. It, it has helped me so much further understand the steps. And if you don't know, the, the 12 and 12 was written uh, 17 years, 16 years after the completion of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So, so Bill and the others had a great sense, a great notion of what the steps were doing, how to apply them, 
so much of the experience and they put them into this book. So on page 84, the 12 and 12 of Alcoholics Anonymous, it states, we cannot buy our own peace of mind at the expense of others. Very, very important quote. Again, we cannot buy our own peace of mind at the expense of others. This is one of the most important things about this step. Again, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so will injure them or others. And we'll talk about that just a little bit more as we go through. This is, uh, though, uh, keep that in mind because it's really one of the most important reasons that we need to hold off on, on doing this step. This is very important to remember. A lot of times we want to jump right into the deep end of the pool and we don't even know the temperature of the pool as a metaphor, right? We, we're not even sure if we know how to swim. So why would we jump into the deep end of the pool? You know, again, going back to that movie, What About Bob with Richard Dreyfus and Bill Murray, you know, he's baby stepping, right? And that's what we need to do with these steps. We need to be very careful in doing these steps. So, you know, step one, you know, we're, we're deciding we want to swim, right? We want to get into the water. And that's what step one does to us. It, it helps us understand that if we don't get in the water, uh, something tragic will happen. And the sooner we admit that we need the water, the better. And then we can walk on through. So in in step nine, again, it's it's really the deeper end of the pool. And, and we need to walk through the steps like we would be getting used to the water or the depth of a particular pool or swimming hole so we can acclimate to it. We have to be very careful, again, in holding off on doing this step. One of our immediate inclinations would be to start making amends right away. But we again, we have to be very careful when we do this because how many times, and this is a rhetorical question, answer it, you know, in the privacy of your own spirit, your own mind, but how many times has our past been characterized by remorse and the apology or apologies that come on its heels, right? My life was characterized by, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, let me make it up to you, right? I was in a constant state of remorse, of, of saying I'm sorry, of how can I make it up to you? And then within a relatively short period of time, if not the same day, certainly by noon the next day, I was back at it again. I was back into my addiction. I felt badly, and that was my catalyst for saying I'm sorry. That was my catalyst, my motivator, almost like foxhole religion. God, if you get me out of this, I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll be this, and I'll be that. And we have to be very careful because how many times, again, have loved ones, significant others, spouses, children, employers, parents, siblings, friends, how many times have they heard, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you, I won't do it again, 
Let me make amends. How can I make it up to you? And you know what? We've trained them to say, and you're, you're, you're full of hooey. You know, your apologies don't mean anything to me. So you're better off not even making them because I know you're going to fail. I know you're not going to be able to complete your promise. So what we need to do, we need to do the work. And as we do the work, the steps will come. Like, like any ladder, and I've used this metaphor before, like any ladder, we need to climb it one rung at a time. You know, again, if, if I'm looking at a ladder and each step on the ladder represents the next step or, or to climb the ladder to get to the top, it would not make sense, nor would it be safe or even practical or, or, or me not being capable of going from the bottom, from the ground or step, you know, rung one or rung two and jumping all the way up to rung number nine. You know, I need to take one rung at a time. And this is very important for the safety of our recovery for the safety of our sobriety, for the relationships that are still hanging on by a thread, we need to make sure that we are doing this one step at a time. So as much as we are tempted, let's hold off and make sure that we are approaching it correctly. And don't just take my word for it. Hopefully, you've got a spiritual advisor, you've got a counselor, you've got a sponsor, someone who is helping you along the way. You know, we we got sick apart, as I often say, but we get well together. So if you have the opportunity to work with someone if possible, within your own addiction or recovery. So if you're a compulsive overeater, find someone in OA, right? If you're a compulsive gambler, the the notion would be, and, and it's not that an alcoholic can help a compulsive gambler because each one is an addiction of compulsivity, right? That we're giving up our family, we're giving up everything that's near and dear to us to succumb to this addiction, to this behavior, this destructive way of living. So if we can find someone within there, that's great. But let's make sure, rather than finding someone who is an AA just because they're an AA, I'm better off finding someone in NA or GA or SA or one of the other 12-step groups who understand the steps, who's been able to reinvent themselves, even though their addiction or their behavior isn't identical to mine, their recovery is likely going to be more representative uh, of what I'm looking for than a person that I'm picking just because they're in AA or OA or NA, just because they're in that program, but yet they lack they lack uh, commitment, they lack recovery, they lack an understanding. So let's make sure we we do that. There's plenty of work that we need to do before we get to step nine. So 
take a look at step nine, but unless you've done step eight, you can't do step nine because the information from step uh, eight is going to fuel step nine, just like the information in step four is what is going to be what I admit to God, to myself, and to another human being. And it's going to be about my shortcomings and my defects of character as we discuss in six and seven, right? I'm pulling them right from there. So understand that step nine really is more than saying, I'm sorry, because we've said it over and over and over again. If if every family member believed me every time, they would get wore out from my empty promises. Oh, wait, they did. They did get emptied out. They did finally say, Bobby, don't even tell me you're sorry. Don't even come around anymore because you're, you're, you're just lying to us. You're lying to yourself. I'm not saying you don't want it to be different, but it's not going to be. So why don't you just go? Don't come back because we're sorry. We're it just doesn't cut it, right? My dad Right when I tried to make amends on that other morning after I relapsed again, and and he said, you know what? Don't even come back. Your mother and I, we're not going to watch you die. Right? I was trying to do this. I was trying to do that, and it wasn't that I didn't feel badly, but there was no sorrow that indicated action, and that's what we need to do in step nine. It is an action step. Now, speaking of that, real quick, let me just break off real quick. Um, you, you know how to reach me, recoveryguy.org, recovery underscore guy on Instagram. Uh, you can donate through Venmo at Robert hyphen pardon hyphen three. You can find my Patreon through recoveryguy.org, uh, the recovery guy on Facebook. But here's what we're doing. We're going to be starting a promotion I think you're going to like this and appreciate it. It's our way of giving back. We're going to be starting a promotion that will run through the entire month of March. And here's how it's going to work. The top two winners will receive an Amazon Fire HD 8-inch tablet. So first and second, Amazon Fire HD 8-inch tablet. Third place is going to win a $50 Visa gift card. And fourth place will receive a Yeti Rambler 32-ounce tumbler. And if you've never used the Yeti, I've got a Yeti cooler. They're unbelievable. So to enter to win, you can follow us on Twitter. You'll need to retweet our tweets that link to the podcast. You'll get one point for retweeting each of the nine episodes in March. And you'll get another point for following us on Twitter. This will give you an opportunity uh, to gain a total of 10 points. Now, the more points you earn, the more likely you are to win. And the winner is going to be chosen at random by a computer program and will be announced. Circle this date. It's going to be announced uh, in our podcast on Tuesday, April 6th. So we do thank you so much for participating and supporting our recovery movement. And my Twitter handle... If you don't follow me on Twitter already, my Twitter handle is at 
Recovery Guy 1986. So at Recovery Guy 1986, if you have any questions about this promotion, uh, message me and let me know. Uh, otherwise, the, that's the skinny of it. You can get, again, the Amazon Fire. You can get a $50 Visa gift card and just a Yeti. And all you need to do is participate by retweeting the, the nine episodes for the month of April and also for following us. So there you go. Thank you so much for, for all of that. Now, let's get back to step nine. So here's what's going on. And I want to just mention three things that I think are important as we approach this step and just give you something to think about. These will be in the notes, so don't worry about copying them done now. Jonathan will pop them in there so you'll be able to print them off, save them later. So here's the first thing. The degree of the amends will carry the who, the what, and where of the offense. And it would also deal with what is our motive for making it. So again, the, the degree of the amends, it's going to be about the who. Who did we harm? Was it a spouse? Was it a co-worker? Was it an employer? Was it a sibling? So who did we offend? What did we do? Right? For a lot of people, we did a lot of things. But let's name them in order of the maybe the severity or what comes to mind first. We can always sort them later. And where was there a personal, was there a particular circumstance or situation of that particular offense? And a lot of times, this is very important, a lot of times we can find a consistency, an area where we're really weak. And it will help us stay away from those areas as we move forward in our recovery. And then what is our motive for making the amends? Motives are everything. We are selfish and self-centered. We believe that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of all of our problems, right? It's a, it, I live in this me world in my addiction. And I come to recovery and I find out it's about we, not about me. So what is the motive? A am I just looking to so-called get out of the doghouse, right? If there's no real substance behind the amends, and again, this is why we need to be very careful not to put the cart before the horse, that we're not going to do step nine until we do an effective steps one through eight. Again, it's not safe. It's not recommended. So what is my motive for making this amends? The second thing, many of the amends we need to make are already being made by staying clean and sober or staying away from that behavior and really making better choices. This is what we lacked previous. This is so important. You know, like like so many of us, so many people needed to receive my amends directly. 
It wasn't like I would just put it out to the universe and say, you know, world, forgive me because I was an SOB or I was a jerk. I was this, I was that. No, I need to make direct amends. Some people are going to be closer than others, right? So oftentimes, or let me go back to my previous statement. One of the reasons we need to hold off on this step is because people need to see our actions before they will believe our words. You with me on that? Because I was always words. I was always symbolism over substance. I was always, I promise, I promise, I promise. And then I would go do, do, do everything contrary to my promise. So one of the things that really makes this step powerful is before I make amends, people really see based on my action that I really am a different person, that I really am striving, that I really am trying. Sometimes, and I don't recommend it any sooner because we don't want to rush through things. These steps can take a while, although we don't want to take a while getting to them. Normally speaking, this is my recovery opinion, working in different modalities of treatment and so on and working with sponsors and sponsees. Usually a person doing step nine is going to be four months, six months, nine months, maybe a year down the road in sobriety to really do the steps thoroughly. It doesn't mean I'm procrastinating. It just means that I'm fearless and thorough. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start, right? That's what it says and how it works. And so for some of us, we're so damaged uh, and the disease is so deep and we have so many different things we come in with, more than just alcohol, more than drugs, it's pornography, it's compulsive overeating, it's anger, it's gambling, it's so many different things that we have deep-seated resentments and fears and anxiety, right? Some of us go through some clinical withdrawals that really take time and attention so my physical can come to a place where it's quiet enough so the mental can take precedent and take over so I'm not distracted by, by DTs or other heroin withdrawals or anything like that. Emotional compulsive withdrawals as the medication for those of us who are addicted to a substance leaves us, we create anxiety, we get the shakes, we get distracted. So, so some of us take a while to get these done. But in the meantime, in the meantime, and I'll guarantee you, because this happened to me, I would go and I would say after seven, eight, nine months, after my relapse, I finally got serious about the steps. And I, I wasn't doing step nine until I was about seven, eight, nine months sober. And I remember my dad, and this is one of the most significant responses to my amends. And I remember, I've shared this story with you before. My dad saw me and we became very close after I got sober. And, and we were, I was about nine months clean and sober and in the middle of making my amends. And I remember my dad was over for Christmas with my mom and, and I was telling them, I was sorry. And you know what my dad did? He looked at me, put his hands on my shoulder, and he said, Bobby, your mom and I used to worry about you. 
but we don't worry about you anymore. That was his response to my amends. Dad, I'm sorry what I did to you, what I did to mom, right? And, and I'm sorry about this life that I was living where I was dishonest and out of control and, and, and I stole and I did all these terrible things. And that was his response. Bobby, your mom and I, we don't worry about you anymore. That was his response to my amends. Do you know why? Because I wasn't that guy that he said, we can't watch you die, right? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And his response was, you know what? You have to go. We're not going to watch you die. Where nine months later, it's, we don't worry about you anymore. So many of the men's we make, and this was not uncommon. This was the most dramatic, but not uncommon. Over the years, various relationships, they've seen me become this different person. And those relationships are being restored, not by what I would say, although I needed to make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. But they saw me. They saw my effort. They saw my life. They saw the results I was getting. They saw I wasn't engaging in that negative behavior or addictions anymore. And then when I went to say I'm sorry, it matched what I was doing, which was totally different than before. I would say one thing, but it wouldn't match what I did. Then I began doing different things and it matched what I said and it made the amends real. Number three, we will feel a relief and acceleration and, and an exuberance, right? And an acceleration that will encourage us to move forward to the completion of the step. Now, that doesn't mean to say that everyone is going to receive the amends because some won't. And that's just all there is to it. Some will not receive the amends and, and I can't change that. I can't make them receive me or an accept my, my apology, my, my change in life, my, my, um, uh, paying back, my retribution, right? My giving back to them over what I had taken. You know, sometimes we've harmed people monetarily and we need to pay them back, right? Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's deed. Sometimes it's just staying away. You know, look, I'm glad you're living the way you want to live, but we're done. I mean, that, that sadly was my response from some people. You know, I have some people that they don't talk to me. They don't want to have anything to do with me. And that's unfortunate. But you know what? It's not for me, for them to receive. It's for me to give and to offer and to make that direct amends. So as I move forward towards, it's kind of like momentum. Now, the good news is the majority of people, overwhelming majority, as I have found, as I stay clean and sober and away from the other addictive behaviors, um, I found that an overwhelming majority of people accepted and received and acknowledged my direct demands. Whereas just a small amount didn't do it. And, and that's just the way it is. 
but I know I made the amends. I was true to my recovery. And that's all I can do. That's all I can be. That's all I can offer and leave it up to them to do with it whatever they choose. Some people would forgive me and receive it, and yet they still didn't want to have any real relationship or that relationship was adjusted for life. And and I've had some like that. We're close, but not nearly as close as we could have been had I not engaged in that behavior and the amounts of sorrow without change that I exhibited in the past because they were just tired and there's no way for them to get back. And that's fine, you know, and, and we need to make the best out of those relationships. You know, not everything is all or nothing. Some people will meet us halfway and that's the best it's going to be. I had one person who said, this is, this may be as good as it gets. So if you're okay with that, I'm fine, but we're likely never going to get to where we could have been had you not done this. You know what? And thank God they, they, and it doesn't mean they're not forgiving me. It just means we're not going to get back. And, and I have to be okay with that. And I'm not going to hold them hostage, you know, to, to that any more than they would hold me hostage, you know, without forgiving. Very, very important stuff here. The final thing on that is, where it says to injure them or others, please, please, please do not involve another person who was indirectly involved because we could jeopardize them and their standing. So we don't need to become so holier than now that we say, and this person was a part and that person. No, I just need to own what I own. I don't need to involve any others unnecessarily to endanger or or make a challenge out of their life, right? That is not for me. I don't own that anonymity. They own their own anonymity. Let them disclose whatever they want to disclose if they want to disclose it. I need to own what I can own and what should own and move forward from there. Again, step nine will be the most rewarding experience. This step will help us cross over from a person of words to one of action. And I'm going to read this one quote, and then I'm going to sign off for the day. And this comes from page 87 of the 12 and 12. And again, if you need a 12 and 12, give me a shout, let me know. I'll get it to you right away. It says, above all, we should try to be absolutely sure that we are not delaying because we are afraid. For the readiness to take the full consequences of our past acts and to take responsibility for the well-being of others at the same time is the very spirit of step nine. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying walking through the steps. Go to recoveryguy.org for the blogs and the podcasts. Go to recovery underscore guy on Instagram, the recovery guy on Facebook. DM me, message me. You can find my cell phone um, at uh, on my Instagram page. Let me know what I can do to assist you along your journey. If you're looking for a life or a sober coach, let's have that conversation as well. 
And above all, we got broken apart and we get well together. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.